As most of you know, we've been in a prayer series, and this is the third sermon in that prayer series. And the first was entitled, The Battle is the Lord's. And we looked in the Old Testament where when they, before they went into battle, the children of God, the children of Israel, before they went into battle, they sought God and asked for his help. They asked for his strength and they asked for his wisdom. And when they did that, God answered them with strength and wisdom, right? And then last week, we looked at a reason to pray. And my goodness, man, if I didn't give you enough reasons to pray last week, you need to get that CD and you need to listen to it again. Because our country needs your prayers, your family needs your prayers, your friends need your prayers. So we have lots of reasons to pray. I mean, even our own lives, we need to pray for our own lives. And today I want to talk to you about the key to a successful prayer life. The key to a successful prayer life. And I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. It's very simple. The key to a successful prayer life is the Word of God. And I'm going to look at several scriptures this morning. I'm going to give them to you all at once, and you can jot them down, or you can make a note, or, or however you want to do it. We're going to start in Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. And then we'll be in John 6.63. John 6.63. Then we'll be in 1 Peter 1.23. 1 Peter 1.23. And then we'll close in Psalms 119.89. Psalms 119.89. Hebrews 4.12, I think we have that scripture for you today. We do. The key to a successful prayer life, Hebrews 4.12, and it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. This translation says... It is, a, the Word of God is living and active. Think about that word active just for a moment. Does anybody in here have any two-year-olds? What about three-year-olds? Can you catch them? Huh? Can you catch them? I know, I know, there's some, there's some grandmas and grandpas have trouble catching them. I know that for sure. But see, that's what it says the Word of God is. It said it is living and active. I'll go ahead and read this translation because this is where we're at. It says it is sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit of both joints and marrows and able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, literally, I, I could preach on that one that one verse for a couple of weeks, but I'm not going to this morning. But So what I want, do want to point out is that the Word of God is living and the Word of God is active. If we activate it, if we apply it, if we know what it says, it's living and active. There's one translation that says it's always doing what does that mean? That means if we'll put the Word of God inside of us, it's in there changing, moving, our, moving things around inside of us, making us what, taking us where God wants us to go, 
making us who he wants us to be. So let's go on, it says. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit. And this is a very important key when it comes to prayer because the Word of God tells you and lets you know whether you're praying from your mind or from your heart. And the Word of God is the only way you'll know that. Every one of us sitting here today, we have desires and dreams and we want our children, uh, we pray things over them and we want them blessed and we want them to do great and mighty things and, and we want to pray over them. But unless we have a foundation of the Word of God, we have nothing to stand on when the devil comes and tells us that it's not going to happen or our children go a different direction well, then all of a sudden we think, well, maybe, you know, maybe God's not hearing my prayers. Maybe, maybe it's not going to work out the way I thought it would. But when we have the Word of God, and we have the living and active Word of God, we have something that is in our heart that we can stand on. And we can rest assured that God is on our side when we pray and when we have the Word of God inside of us. Amen. Amen. Hebrews eleven six it says that we must believe that He is, meaning that we must believe that He is who the Bible says He is, right? And it goes on to say, and that He is a rewarder of those that seek Him. In other words... He will manifest who he is in your life if you know who he is. But if you don't know who he is, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck in your own abilities, your own strength, in your own situation. But glory to God, if we know who he is, and we know what his word says, glory to God, is there any limit? <laughs> no, glory to God, there's not. I remember the first, when I first got saved, and all I wanted to know is, what does God want for me? What does God want me to get, do? What, where, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to usher? Am I supposed to clean the toilets? And yeah, I, and I'd done all, all of that. You know, what am I supposed to do? That's, that's what I, and my pastors in, Bill and Vicki Clark, they said, read the word. I thought, read the word? I, I don't want to read the word. I want to know what God wants me to do. I said, read the word. Because they knew that the only way I would know what God's will is for my, for my life if I read the word. That's how powerful the word is. I think the Lord dropped something in my heart this, this week. And I'm going to tell you what it is right now. If the devil can keep God's word out of you, he can keep you out of God's will. I'll say it again. If the devil can keep God's word out of you, he can keep you out of God's will. How many of you want to be in God's will? How many, how many of you believe that God wants the absolute best for you? How many of you believe that God knows more about the past and the future than you do? That's why we got to have the Word of God. 
because he shows us those things. And there's only the only way that we know what to pray for is if we know the word of God. How many of you think that if we pray God's will, God will answer according to his will? It's true. Well, what if you pray out of God's will? Do you think he's going to answer that in a positive way? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So the word of God is the key to a successful prayer life. You see, God's word, God's word changes everything. God's word changes everything, but his word never changes. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, I, I had somebody just tell me just a few weeks ago, well, how can God's word still be relevant when it was written so long ago? All you got to do is read it. But boy, you know, I was ready for him. <laughs> you know, after you talk to a few, you get ready, you know. And I was able to tell him about the bubonic plague and if they had just read the Bible that was written thousands of years before that. All, the whole bubonic plague and all of Europe could have all have eliminated all that. I was able to tell him about the, how the word of God says the world is round, it's a sphere and it's not flat. And, uh, you know, if they would have just read the word of God, they would have known the, the world wasn't flat. I was able to tell him that uh, for years, scientists thought that there was 1,132 stars in the sky. I was able to, able to tell him if, he, if they would have just read the word, the Bible says that the stars cannot be counted. So see, it's this man's science is what's off. It's not God's word. <laughs> That's what's off. God's not off. Man's off. And anytime we contradict what the word of God says, we're off. In Genesis 1, no less than nine times God spoke his word or his will into existence. And every time God said it was good. Every time, except for one, when he made woman. Yeah. <laughs> what? Now, you guys have got me all wrong. <laughs> you just have me all wrong because you just think I'm going to say something else, but I'm not. What, does God, what did God say when he made woman? Run? No, he didn't say Run. <laughs> <laughs> that came from a man that don't have a wife, so it's... <laughs> uh, no. Nine times God spoke his word, and he spoke his will, and nine times God said it is good, but then he made woman, and he says, whoa, he said, this is very good. That's right. Yeah. Come on, women. <laughs> You didn't think I knew that, did you, women, huh? Hey, it's in there, women. Genesis, read, read that. Point it out to your husband. It is very good is what, is what God said when he made woman. My point is, in Genesis 1, God spoke his word and he changed the world. He spoke his will and it changed the world. It went from being, the scripture says it was formless and void. That's what it was. And God spoke his will or his word, and, and all of a sudden, it was beautiful and had structure. Is there anybody here that does not need more structure in your life? 
more structure in your prayer life or more structure in your Bible reading or more structure with your children. See, God's word, it changes things. In John 1.14, it says, The word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we saw his glory, the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now think about this just for a moment. The word became flesh. And probably the greatest event, the greatest change that ever happened in your life is when you received the word made flesh into your life. Just another example of how the word is so important and how the word changes things. The word changed you. Ephesians says you was a child of wrath. Another translation says you was a child of judgment. But when you received Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, it changed you, and you became a child of the living God. The word changes things. That's what it does. It changes things from a fallen world And the manifestation of a fallen world, and it changes it to God's will. Oh, that sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? Jesus himself said, Jesus himself said, he he, he said uh, in the Lord's Prayer, and we'll probably get into that before we get over this, over this, uh, through this prayer series. Jesus himself said that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, wouldn't that be amazing? If things were done on earth as they are in heaven, woo, you don't think we wouldn't have church? Hmm, I wonder what that would be like. I wonder what that would, whoa. Man, that's something to think about. Hmm. Last week, I mentioned that Jesus prayed, Father, let not my will be done. And Jesus is praying God's will. And when we pray God's word back to him, his will will be manifested in our lives also. See, Jesus prayed, he said, not my will be done, but yours. Talking to God. Not my will be done, but your will will be done, God. And when he prayed that, God's will was manifested on earth. Now, see, it's the same way, the same principles apply when we as believers pray God's word back to him. When we pray God's word back to him, his will will be manifested on this earth. John 6, 63, God tells us that the word of God is powerful. And that's why it's the key to a successful prayer life. John 6, 63, we've got that scripture for you. And it says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you 
are spirit and life. Now, John spoke these words from God, and he's telling us that they are spirit and life. And we've talked about the life part. But let me me give you one more thing to look at. When we pray the word of God back to God, we are applying the power of the Holy Spirit to our prayers. Because the word of God, they are spirit and they are life. They don't change. You see, here's the thing about, spirit, about praying out the power of the word of God and, and the word of God hooking up with the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit can go places you cannot go. He can do things for you while you're at work. And if you will pray the word of God back to God, well, the Holy Spirit will be over there working while you're at work earning a living. How many want to do that? That sounds good, don't it? You say, say Lord, here's my prayers this morning. They line up with your word. I'm going to go to work. So I, I, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is going working on my prayers. Thank you, Lord, for that. Sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? You see, when we pray the word of God, we're praying spiritual power over our situations. I wasn't sure how deep to get into this this morning, but we'll we'll, we'll go a little ways here. Now, you'll have to stretch with me a little bit. I think you guys, I think you're up to this. How many of you know that their manifestation is always in the spirit realm before it's in the natural realm? Always. I'll just give you a real, just a real quick example of that. You got born again spiritually before it was ever manifested in your life. You got born again spiritually before things inside, before things started changing in your life. It's always in the spirit first. That's why God says if his people will humble themselves and pray, he'll heal heal their land. See, we have to pray. We have to do the battle in the spirit before it'll be manifested in the natural. Are you with me? All right. So when we pray the word of God, we are praying that spiritual power over our situations and if we can get it done in the spirit realm it'll be manifested in the natural realm it's true does anybody have situations in their life where you need spiritual power injected into them does anybody have that i know i I can i can think of five situations right now that if there's not spiritual power injected into them, they are doomed. And I don't mean they're going to have a, get a, you know, a D on a, on a report card. I'm talking, I'm talking, it, it, it's bad. Did I sound like Donald Trump there? Bad, bad, really bad, bad. I, I hope, hope it is. First Peter 1 we see that the word is enduring. Enduring. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23, it says, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. And that is through the living and enduring word of God. 
You see, when we pray the word of God back to God, it endures. It never changes. It continues. It's, it never dies. Let's go on. In the Synoptic Gospels, and for those of you that don't know, the Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the other gospel is John. But the Synoptic Gospels, uh, they, they contain the, the same stories and the same truths of the Word of God. And John has some different uh, truths in it. And all three of the Synoptic Gospels, they, they say the same thing in Matthew 24, 35. It says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So when we pray the word of God back to God, our prayers never pass away. They never pass away because they are the word of God. They're alive, they're active, they're full of the power of the spirit, and they are eternal. Isaiah 66, 2. God says, my hand made all things. All things are here because I made them, says the Lord. And then he says, these are the people I am pleased with. Those who are not proud or stubborn and who fear my word. The word fear, a lot of times we have a different idea of the word fear than what the scriptures use. You would say, those who reverence my word would be accurate. Those who respect my word would be accurate. Those who hold up my word. Those who know my word. Those who use my word. Those are the ones that God is pleased with. And I, I'd put it like this, and I could probably find a translation that says that. This says, uh, the, uh, God says, those are the ones I'm pleased with. Another way of putting that would be, those are the ones that will walk in God's blessings. Because you cannot walk in God's blessings beyond your understanding of his word. Right? Amen. Psalms 119. Stay with me just in a minute. I'm almost done. Psalms 119, 89. It says, your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. And if we will pray God's word back to him, we can rest assured that our words make it to heaven. Has anybody ever wondered if your prayers was making it any farther than the ceiling? Anybody ever been there? Most people have. If you've been a Christian very long, most, you know, most people have experienced that. You feel like you're, they're making it to the ceiling that are falling down, but not if we pray the word of God back to God. It says, your eternal word, O Lord, stand firm in heaven. If you want to get, if you want your prayers to make it to heaven and to make it to God, we've got to pray his word. You know, I'll tell you what I truly believe. I truly believe that a lot of our prayers never make it into heaven. They never make it to God's ears. Now, let me tell you why. God don't allow doubt and unbelief and unbiblical things into heaven. He can't do that. He can't do that. Does that make sense? So some things, 
Some things, you won't even, you won't even break heaven's door because the content is not suitable. I don't know if they're rated R or what, or what they're rated, but that, that when we have words of doubt and unbelief, God's not going to allow them in heaven. They, they can't come in. But when we pray God's word, we know they're truth. We know they're spiritual. We know they're eternal. God lets them in. And we know they're his will. In closing, stay with me. I'm, I'm almost done. The Bible is the ultimate answer book. You know, I, I think sometimes, sometimes God hears our prayers and he, and he just, I don't know, maybe he even does an eye roll. I don't know. Who in here has a good eye roll? Whoa, that was good, Samantha. <laughs> so we pray our prayers and we wait for an answer. Okay? We pray and we wait for an answer and God thinks, I said it, the answer to your prayer over and over and over again in my word. Did you not read it? Do you think he ever says that? Because, let me tell you, this word right here is full of the answers for your prayers. This is it. This is it. If you want to know what to pray for, this is it. If you want to know what God's will is, this is it. If you want to know what God wants for your children and for your families, this is it. It don't get no better than that. The ultimate answer book right here. Amen. Amen. Last one. Anybody in here have children? Most, most of us do. If not, we got nieces and nephews. We got grandchildren. We got brothers and sisters. What if your child came to you, he says, mom, dad, uncle, grandma, grandpa, whatever, and he comes to you and he says, or her, either way, and he says, I want to live on this earth. This is my plan. He comes with you of a plan. He says, I want to live on this earth for a long time. And I want to serve God, and I want to find a, a, a young man or, or a young girl to, to marry, and I want to raise my kids in church, and I want my family raised in church. And I want to, I want to do what, what the Bible tells me to do. I want to do all those things. But then they said, but now, mom and dad or aunt and uncle, whatever it is, they said, but now, if I, if I need help, will you be there to help me? Now, what would any normal person, any sane person say in response to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, God wants the best for us, and it's written in his word. And so when, we, when we, he wants the best for us, and we take his word to him in prayer and say, God, I am praying what you already want for me anyway. What's he going to say? Absolutely. Absolutely, that's what he's going to say. When we bring God's word to God, it is assuring 
that we already know what his will is, it is assuring that God wants us to have it already. And you know what that does? That gives you confidence when you go to prayer. You know, I think that's why the scripture says, when you come to the throne of grace, come with boldness. Because if you know you've been praying God's word, and you know you've been praying his will over your family and over your children, when you, walk, when you go in to pray, how are you going to go in there? You're going to go in there boldness because you are prepared. Has anybody been in, walked into a meeting unprepared? Anybody did that before? Yeah, I have too. Anybody ever preach the word unprepared? Yeah, I have too. <laughs> but what happens when you walk into a meeting and you are prepared? Completely different. Because you know exactly. You've got your points. You know you're right. It's right here. You know. And when the devil comes and tries to take your faith and take your words of prayer, you say, no, no, Mr. Devil, it is written right here. And it says that God loves me. And it says he'll lead me and guide me. And it says his blessings will pour down upon me. Man. Boom. Just, that wasn't a baseball. That was me hitting the devil upside the head. Boom. Like, like that. Boom. That is why the Word of God is the key to a successful prayer life. Hip shot. We're in redneck country. Anybody know what a hip shot is? Sure we do. Sure we do. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know and don't use the Word of God in your prayer life, you know what you're doing? You're taking a hip shot. Do you hit anything? I don't know if I hit anything or not. I don't, I don't know. I just... <laughs> right? You see? But when you know the Word of God and use the Word of God in prayer, man, you can take dead aim because you know what your target is. You know what's yours. You know, I really think... I don't know when it will happen. But I do think one of these days, whether it's when we get to heaven or when it is, I think that the body of Christ as a whole, I think will be very sad. And let me tell you why. Because there's going to be a day <clears throat> when God reveals to the body of Christ everything that was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ and on the cross. And we're going to see all the things that was ours but we, but we didn't, we chose not to walk in them. I don't want that. I don't want that for my life, my family's life. I don't want that for this congregation. And the only way we know what to fight for, the only way we know what's ours, and the only way we know what the truth is, is through the Word of God. There's no other way. No other way. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you this morning. Father, I just pray, Father, that these words will penetrate hearts and minds, Father. And they'll not only just agree with me this morning, but tomorrow that they'll agree with me in the next day and the next day. And Father, they'll actually put action to these words. And they'll put action to the things that they have in their mind and then that they have in their heart. 
And Father, I just pray, Father, that, that we, we won't just be a bunch of yes people, yes people, but we'll be people of action. And by being people of action that act upon the word of God, we'll be faith people. And Father, we know that it's by our faith and our obedience to you that we bring pleasure unto you, Father. Father, we just worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a, if you have a need this morning, please come. If you need to make some changes in your prayer life, if you just want to come up here and just thank the Lord for, for being so good to you, please come. If you've never prayed the most important prayer in the world, if you've never prayed the most important prayer in the world, and that's receiving Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to come now. You know, as, as far as I know, and I'm pretty sure about this, there's only one time in Scripture it says that all of heaven rejoices. And that is when one sinner comes to Christ. Now think about that just for a moment. One sinner. You know, that sinner could be, he could be a drug addict or she could be a drug addict. It could be, could involve pornography. It could, it could involve all kinds of things. And you surely wouldn't think heaven would rejoice over somebody like that coming to Christ. See, that's the power of the blood of Jesus. Because that's the way you come to him. But when you leave him, you are washed clean. You are a new person. The blood of Christ cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And if you've never done that, I encourage you to come now. Grab the hand of the person standing beside you. They will gladly come with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please come. If you have any needs, please come.
is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.